When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Besides the screen you spent most of your time staring at this week, chances are you are also captivated by a big screen video installation. From billboards to scoreboards, we inform and entertain audiences with our big screen solutions. Visit bigscreenvideo.com.au to see how BSV can bring your space to life. Welcome to the 2021 AFL Premiership season on AFL Nation. Sunday afternoon of football ahead of us in the scramble of claiming a top eight spot and, of course, where the teams will land at the end of the home and away season with a few permutations and equations certainly on the table. Our watch here on AFL Nation will focus on Essendon's quest to be part of the September action and who would have thought that the neutral venue of GMHBA Stadium in Geelong against the Gold Coast, whose home game it is, is where it all comes down to. For the Gold Coast Suns, it's about finishing the season strong and today, certainly an opportunity against a team who is still a work in progress. Good afternoon, everybody. Hello and welcome to our AFL Nation pregame show for the Beaumont Tiles uh, Trade Club. We've got a big afternoon ahead of us. Uh, Melbourne and Hawthorne, uh, Melbourne and Adelaide, I should say, doing battle at the MCG. And later on, the Derby, Fremantle up against the West Coast Eagles. Uh, Brett Phillips leading the team today. Jordan Canellis alongside me in commentary. Jordy, good to see you. And who would have thought, hey, round 22 in Geelong, the Gold Coast, playing a home game. It may never, ever happen again, but it's just the times we're in. I know. Good afternoon, BV. This is, yeah, it's strange, isn't it? Penultimate round of the season. There's a lot on the line. Essendon have to win this game, and they've got to travel away to the Gold Coast in Geelong <laughs> to play this game and get themselves into the yeah, finals. It's, um, it's, I'm looking forward to this match. The Gold Coast Suns, you look at their team on paper, there's a lot of players who aren't in the team who would be in their best 22. But having said that, the last few weeks, they've n- notched a couple of wins here and there. They've pinched a few from where you wouldn't expect them to. So they have been able to provide the unexpected. So maybe if we get something like that today, it'd be a great uh, great showing for the neutral fan, not so much for Essendon fans who are hoping to get into the eight because that's what's on the line for them. Yeah, no doubt. We'll go through a few of the equations that are ahead of us this afternoon, what it means for round 23 as well. And great to have Campbell Brown, 205 games across his career, 159 of those for the Hawks, 2008 Premiership star. He did go to the Gold Coast for 46 games across three seasons in all Australia. Great to have you on board, Brown. BP, Jordy, yeah, looking forward to this game. It should, it should be exciting. It should be pretty free-flowing and, and high scoring and um, you're not quite sure going week to week as to what both these sides are going to produce but fingers crossed it's a nice game and nothing is more unusual in the times we live in than Gold Coast and GWS playing in Mars Stadium in Ballarat only (laughs) uh, about five weeks ago around 17 that that takes the cake but Certainly this game uh, up in Geelong is another really weird fixturing. We'll have a chat to John Haynes, the GM of footy at uh, the Gold Coast. I think, And he'll uh, fill us in with some of the detail of why they haven't been able to go back to the Gold Coast. But a lot of it was to really to do with uh, the sort of the week after and what that would have meant for the Gold Coast who were uh, scheduled to play Sydney in the last round, which was going to be at the SCG and likely is going to be in Melbourne, might be yep. at Geelong again. So... Uh, a lot of uncertainty there has meant the Gold Coast has stayed. And I thought, if, Brandy, if you think of the long term for the Gold Coast, right now, for where they are as a footy club, 
this doesn't hurt them to be maybe another week on the road as a as a young group. Go to a, a ground like Geelong where it's so hard to win. I mean, all these are little just little ticks that might in the long run help the Gold Coast as a footy club. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, some sides, we, we've seen GWS since they've been on the road for a little while, really unite, come together and, and have been playing their best football. So um, there's certainly something to be said about sides that, uh, that travel and, and um, you know, you're, you're in each other's pocket 24 hours a day, but uh, you, you do build... Um, some real mateship and, and resolve when your back's against the wall and you can't get back in to your state to, to play on the, the comfort's of your home ground. No doubt. Uh, so Jack Bowes uh, back in today. Uh, Jordy was the mm. sub uh, last week. Uh, Brandon Ellis, unfortunately, out injured again. And uh, the big inclusion for the Bombers, uh, Andrew McGrow. We've been waiting for him for seems like an eternity. Uh, hasn't played uh, since the start of the year. Dyson Heppel is back. And, of course, Perkins was the sub uh, last week. Uh, into the uh, 22. Nick Cox, a bit disappointed. The big yeah. has been omitted. I've enjoyed his season. Uh, McDonald Tip and Woody has been managed. And Marty Gleeson hasn't been able to get a, a regular start all year. Yeah, no, just uh, just managements and omissions today for Essendon. So no injuries on those um, on those fronts. So McDonald Tip and Woody managed. Cox has just been omitted down to the emergencies. But, yeah, Andy McGrath comes in. So this is, I would say, would this be one of the first times or one of the very few times this season that we would have seen the four of that midfield together, yep. Merritt, Parrish, Shield, and McGrath in yeah, the same team. No doubt. So this will be interesting to see how the combination works. And it's timed itself quite nicely that they can do this two weeks before finals, providing they make it, but it's going to give them a nice little run in. Not too many out, is there, Brownie? I mean, Langford out. Uh, Caldwell is going to be part of their future, but obviously he's had the injuries this year. Harrison Jones has shown enough that long-term he'll be a factor in the 22 the two question marks that are interesting at the moment, Zaharakis and uh, Michael Hurley, who we've hardly seen, we haven't seen Michael Hurley play yep. all year, and Zaharakis has tried to get back, but just seems a shadow of what he was, David Zaharakis. So I think he's coming up to around sort of contract negotiation time and where his future stands. Yeah, the games he has played as well has been as the sub, hasn't he? So he hasn't got a lot of continuity in game time in his legs. When he has gone back to VFL level, he's... He's contributed really well. He's a class above that yep, level, but yep. um, just hasn't been able to cement his his spot. So, yeah, I think Father Time sort of knocking on the door there for a few of those players. And, um, and the other one's Kyle Hooker, who's uh, been left out at the back end of the season. Yeah, he has. Uh, another guy who's had a pretty good year, if you, you look at purely numbers. You know, he's hit the scoreboard, and when he has kicked multiple goals, Essendon have, uh, have won games of footy. But um, you sort of have to have one eye on the future, don't you, with this mm. young side. And they've introduced plenty of, of really good young talent. Um, you know, Nick Cox has played 20, 20 games this year, just outstanding for, for that young man on the wing. So um, big decisions to be made at all footy clubs towards the back end of this year about some of their veterans, some of their stars' futures. At, at for Essendon, the, the, um, the areas are the key positions, isn't it? Everywhere else in between, they've seemed to have got a good mix, but it's just... They're not, not to say there's a problem here, but they just pr- would probably like a little bit more depth in key defence and key forward. They've got a couple of names coming through. Peter Wright kicking seven goals last week, showed great signs, obviously. That's what they want from him and more of it. Harrison Jones in the forward line. And then key defence, it's been a little bit of a mishmash down there. So I wouldn't be surprised, and I think it's worthwhile, Essendon targeting key positions at either end in the upcoming drafts. Yeah, no doubt. I, I'm a huge fan of Sam Wiedemann. Um, I, he can't get a regular game at Melbourne. If I was Hawthorne or, or, or Essendon, um, one of those clubs, he's a young guy that sort of, mm. um, he's got plenty to offer, yep. you know, and, and he could be someone um, that, you know, Essendon might be perfect looking at him with right up forward and, and like you said, um, 
you know, Harrison's been good, but uh, he's still pretty young, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, plenty of news uh, from the weekend for Chicane Trade Quality Hand Tools. Of course, a lifetime uh, warranty. They'll uh, absolutely look after you. Jordan, you mentioned off the top just the amount of players missing from the Gold Coast. So I, yeah. I had a count here in my best 22. If everyone was in form and fit and firing and playing at their optimum, I've counted 10 names here that would be in their best 22. Greenwood, Ellis, Day, Weller, Markov, Rankin, Witz, Butterick, and Nick Holman, who I'm a massive fan of when he plays. Got a kick called Elijah Hollands, who's just come back in after missing, obviously, well, really a pre-season injury last year. High-priced draft pick, who is certainly part of their future. Um, Homsch has been sort of back up for a little while now. Rory Thompson, Brownie, we haven't seen for an absolute eternity. Yep. Jared Harbrow's days, certainly numbered. He was pushed out of the senior team in the early part of the year. And really, the, the disappointment around Atkins and Brody is as two that haven't delivered. Uh, Flanders is one who, you know, whether long-term he's going to be in the 22, he's shown some really good signs. And Caleb Graham, you feel, is one that would be shoved out when the best are available. So if they could just get a good run at it, the Gold Coast. I've never felt they've had a good run at it. They've got one of the longest injury lists and they've had it for three or four years under Stuart Jew. Yeah, and injuries, uh, they're a funny one because you do need luck to to play finals and and contend um, with the injuries and... And a lot of them have just been, you know, bad luck. It's not mismanagement or um, or needing to delve too deeply in the fitness department. But um, when it keeps happening year on year on year, it's it's just really frustrating for the club and I'm sure for everyone involved. You know, those players um, want to be out there playing and the best 22 just hasn't been available for Stewie Jew. So um, you, you don't like to make excuses because I still had – the Gold Coast Suns finishing yep. much higher this year. Mm. I think they've been pretty disappointing. Just in terms of their inconsistency, uh, uh, I don't like seeing sides winning one week and then losing by 98 points the next week. Yep. You know, the, the the gap between their best and worst has to get better. Yep. We've seen it with North Melbourne from the start of the year when they lost on Good Friday by 100 points. And you thought, oh, where's the season going to go? They have progressively got better and better and better and have been so competitive through the back half of the year. That's the one area, and when we have a chat to uh, to John Haynes, it's probably an area that will be good to talk to him about. Just, It's not inconsistency necessarily of effort, but with a young group and a lot of ins and outs each week, mm. the, the gap between their best and their worst is, is too much at AFL level. Does it feel like lack of development? I, I think lack of development's been uh, something that has really cursed the Gold Coast Suns right from the very, very start. Mm. Um, there hasn't... Well, when I was there, and that's a long time ago now, there wasn't a great development program. They certainly tried to implement that in the past, but um, with the VFL sort of going in and out of lockdowns and, and you know, Suns VFL side not being able to play for weeks here and there, there's no doubt that it impacts the development of the young guys. We'll talk to John Haynes shortly. I want to talk about Jacob Townsend later on. I reckon the way you played, you'd have to be a fan of this guy. Oh, like, yeah, I love him. The game last week. What an intriguing career. Uh, that he's had 60-odd games, four clubs, a premiership, and <laughs> here he is, steps up last week and just laid a couple of ferocious tackles. Goes in the ruck for a stint, uh, kicks a couple of goals. I mean, he's a guy I feel like the Gold Coast need. Absolutely. Yeah, he just, he's got presence, doesn't he? And it's That's it's probably an area where you know, you've never questioned the Gold Coast leaders' hardness. They like swallow and, and guys like that are really hard and tough. Yep. But um, Townsend, he's... Got a bit of nastiness in him as well. You know when he's around, he'll crash packs and and he he, he plays to to really hurt. You know and um that's uh, that's a good presence to have and 
Yeah, he's a premiership player. And it's fascinating. He's, he contributed as much as anyone in the, the three or four weeks leading up to the finals and then through the finals. He had 27 kicks and he kicked 20 goals or something in that period of time. It was something ridiculous, yeah. Yeah. you know. <laughs> so good on him. Yeah, he set shot goal kicking. He was uh, f- fabulous for Richmond in, in winning their first premiership. Around the grounds for Chemist Warehouse, great savings every day. Uh, we're just underway. Sun-drenched mm-hmm. MCG. Uh, Melbourne, the hot favourites, Jordan, this afternoon against the Crows. Absolutely, yeah. Just on your point earlier about um, about the, the amount of plays missing for Gold Coast, what it does do, though, is it helps the other players, the next brigade, to get some yep. AFL minutes and AFL games under their belt. So the, of the guys who wouldn't be in the best 22 who, ha- who are now, mm. there's a couple of semi-regulars in there like McPherson and Fiorini, but we've seen more of Josh Corbett this year, who's yep. their second-highest scorer. Well, he's one of the first magnets, in all honesty. I think- he's one of the first magnets I'd have up. Josh Corbett. Just about. I think so. Well, he's a great he's, mark. He's a good set shot. He competes. Yeah. I and just can't believe he played more footy. And honest. that's, yeah, and that's sort of, that's the point. I mean, is he might not have had the opportunity had Sam Day not been injured, but yep. here he is. He's taken his opportunity. Mm. And now because of that, Gold Coast are able to build depth. Now, the quality of that depth yep. is questionable because of, you know, where they are on the ladder, but they are building that depth now. No doubt. little shout-out for uh, Flight Centre. Win big with Flight Centre. Five years of holidays big. Where will you go? I'll go anywhere, uh, quite frankly. Uh, for your chance to win, <laughs> head to flightcentre.com.au forward slash win. And this Eston game today brought to you by Liberty. Free thinking home, car, business and personal loans. Adelaide with the opening score. One behind Melbourne yet to score at the MCG. We're building up to the Gold Coast and the Bombers. And we'll go inside the Gold Coast camp next on AFL Nation. You're listening to AFL Nation for the Beaumont Tiles Trade Club. You're listening to AFL Nation for the Beaumont Tiles Trade Club. You certainly are. Great to have your company on this Sunday afternoon, GMHBA Stadium. It is the Gold Coast up against uh, the Bombers, of course, our pre-game show for the Beaumont Tiles Trade Club. Brett Phillips, Jordan Canellis and Campbell Brown, of course, the Hawks Premiership player with us uh, today. We're going to go inside the Gold Coast camp and have a chat to uh, John Haynes, the Gold Coast General Manager of uh, Football. John, great to have you uh, on AFL Nation. Appreciate your time. Good afternoon, guys. Thanks for having me on. Uh, glorious day in uh, Melbourne, Victoria. Is it stretching down the highway to uh, Geelong as well? Yeah, no, it's a beautiful clear day down there. Is it down here, sorry. It's, um, the wind's quite strong, but, uh, yeah, beautiful clear day, and we're looking forward to getting into it. John, can you just take us, just I suppose, into the final call that this game was going to be played at Geelong? Because I think it was until about Thursday of this week where there was, there was still some uncertainty, and then what was going to happen post the game and how the next week was going to look. Can you just fill in a few gaps for us as to the reason the team didn't get to go home and play at Metricon for the last time this year? Yeah, sure. In, in summary, the, the level of uncertainty in terms of what it looks like, looked like for us getting back to Queensland was the, was the key consideration. Obviously, from a preparation point of view, the, the, the game previous to this in terms of our departure from the Gold Coast was extremely rapid and uh, that uncertainty from a preparation point of view isn't, isn't ideal. So um, as it got later in the week and there was still some questions to be answered as to what it looked like in terms of restrictions and living conditions and all those sort of things, we felt from a, a player's perspective it was, it was best to, to take uh, the AFL's advice and, and go with the game down here. Was there much of a discussion, John, or was it was it more sort of one-sided getting that uh, advice from no, the no, AFL? No, no, very much, yeah, no, very much a, a, an ongoing discussion over a period of, period of days like you know our, our strong preference clearly would be to to play our home games uh at home um so we really wanted to make sure we explore you know all the various options that 
that that could look like. But um, but in the end, um, you know, it, it made sense to stay here, uh, and you know, it looks like we'll we'll be here for another week leading into the into the Sydney game as well at this stage, unless things change. John, how do you think uh, you've assessed the the season? Um, on field point of view, your best has been really good, and you've had some terrific wins um, against Richmond and GWS, and um, and then after that, you have a couple of of really disappointing weeks. You know, the the Brisbane and Melbourne um, losses were, were just um, very ordinary. How do you think the the season has gone in twenty twenty one? Yeah, well, as with all these things, we try to take a you know a pretty measured and balanced approach to it, but. I, I think your assessment's right in the sense that there's been some inconsistencies in, in performance and that's been, we've been you know, pretty public both um, and, and internally as well around how do we actually mitigate those inconsistencies and, and draw a bit of line between our best and our worst. And we feel across the course of the season, you know, the balance of the season, we've been able to get to a point where we're seeing some real improvement from a preparation perspective in terms of the consi- consistency of the, of the players. And that's starting to transfer into the inner performance. Um, and notwithstanding that, as you alluded to, the, the game against, um, you know, the second half of the Brisbane game and the Melbourne game just weren't acceptable. But there's also been enough, enough to, to get excited about and enough to, to um, build the belief within the group that the improvements there in terms of particularly the second half of the year where when we turned the, turned the corner after the bye with 10 games to go, I think eight out of the 10 were against teams in the top eight or at least contending to be in the eight and, and we've been able to have some really strong performances against a number of those teams and we're looking forward to finishing the, you know, the season off against you know, Eston this week and Sydney next week who are teams that are either, either in the eight or, or looking to, to jump in the eight. From a development point of view, how, um, how, how frustrating has it been logistically with the VFL sort of being chopping and changing week to week and you, you started a game a fortnight ago and you got about seven or eight minutes into the first quarter and it got called off and things like that when you're trying to develop confidence um, and game time into some of your young players, has it been um, pretty tough to manage? Yeah, it's, it's a great point. We're really, um, we're really excited at the start of the year with the, with the adjustment to the competition that um, turned in with VFL and for our players to play consistently against you know, AFL quality opposition um, most weeks, um, so that was something that we're really looking forward to. And, and, and you're right, there has been some inconsistency throughout the year in terms of the, the competition itself. I think one thing we noticed last year was a really strong level of cooperation between the AFL clubs um, in terms of formulating practice games, and we've been able to see that again this year. And in, you know, even this morning, you know, our guys played a, a game uh, against Sydney with a combined Essendon team, so they're still playing against good AFL quality opposition. Um, it's certainly not under the VFL banner in, in that particular sense, but there's been opportunities for our players to continue to develop. But you know, I think the the move to that type of competition, certainly for for the clubs in the northern states, was a great step forward. And you know, we, we hope that, that, that as we get on top of COVID, we get to see the benefits of that in the coming years. John, everyone talks about Tuke Miller. I mean, his numbers uh, once again this year, I and mean, he's just uh, accumulating. He's averaging what nearly 32 disposals, seven tackles. He's the link. He's the He's the on-field general in a, in a lot of ways. You've had five players announced in the 22 and under squad uh, this week. Charlie Ballard, Powell, Lacocious, King and Anderson. Wh- who have you seen the most growth in? Is there maybe some players we wouldn't uh, even maybe register in that regard as being, becoming real young leaders of the club, the things that we don't get to see inside the four walls on a week-to-week basis? Because that's what obviously you need to become a better footy club is these players really standing up and taking their leadership to the next level, I'd imagine. No, that's right. I think that's been a deliberate part of our strategy over the past three years when we reset the 
the club and the organisation was to get a group of players from consecutive drafts and, and build that connection and, and relationship between them and actually have them you know, spend the next eight to ten years together. And those five that you mentioned are, are certainly part of that group. Um, I think the, the growth that we've seen in someone like a Will Powell who was you know, from Western Australia and is now he be in the top three or four of our best and fairest, I have no doubt. And he's, had a, he's had a year where he's really jumped up. Uh, I think Jeremy Sharp's a really good example. Um, when we were talking about the VFL before, uh, the VFL games that we were able to play in that middle block of the year, uh, Jeremy had you know, half a dozen to seven games in a row there where he was playing really consistent football and was actually able to develop his craft uh, against good opposition week to week. And, and then when he came into the AFL, um, AFL team, he's performed really well and earned himself a Rising Star Award as well. So you know, he's someone else that, you know, is a 19-year-old in his second year that, that we think is going to have a really long long uh, career with the club. But I think across the board, we've been we've been pleased from a development perspective, all those guys that you've alluded to, but then at the top end as well, Tukey and Dave Swallow and, and these sort of guys, Sam Collins, more experienced players are, are showing great improvement as well. Tuke Miller, you, you mentioned his ascension this year has been remarkable. He's elevated himself to be one of probably one of the competitions elite, to be fair. What what have you noticed? Has there been one quality in him that he's been able to to switch at the start of this season to take him to that next level? It probably hasn't been a switch, but it's certainly been a, a, an accumulation of a, a lot of hard work over a number of years, and, and that, that's been tipped over into, into how he performs, but... I think one of the, the key things from Tuke's perspective and something that all our young players um, seek Tuke out for is, is the level of time and dedication that he puts into his preparation. Uh, and that covers all aspects of his game, but it, he's as good a preparer as, as I've seen in, in my time in the game. He's, he's absolutely elite. Um, and again, for for an emerging group to be able to have a role model uh, like Tuke, you know, right next door to him to learn from day to day is, 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 is unbelievable for our group. And and what we're seeing now from a performance point of view is that preparation is tipping over in the consistent performance week to week. And, and Toot goes in every game now and he, he quite openly talks to the players about this, knowing that he's going to play well um, off the back of his preparation. And that's a, that's a great headspace to be in. John, a player I love uh, watching at his absolute best is Isaac Rankin. Just looked uh, like he lost a little bit of confidence um, over the, the last probably five or six weeks before he got uh, got. Well, left out of the side. Um, what does he need to work on to take his game to the next level? Yeah, you're right, Ken. He's, he's incredibly exciting. And um, I think the, the confidence um, aspect that you alluded to there is correct. He, he's someone that uh, is getting the best opposition defender every week. And we know from speaking to other teams that they're putting an enormous amount of time into him. Um, and his, his adjustment to that in terms of the early part of his career has, has, been, uh, has been a challenge for him. But um, I think we're really confident that um, with the amount of care and the amount of coaching that we put around Isaac that he's going to turn the corner. Um, he couldn't actually come down to uh, to Melbourne for us with a quick turnaround um, when we left a couple of weeks ago. So that's given him an opportunity to get a really good block of, block of working back at the club and he's working really hard. So we're really confident it'll turn for him and we're confident the pre-season is going to be a really important phase for him coming up. John Haynes, the General Manager of Football at the Gold Coast, is with us here on AFL Nation as we build up to the game against Essendon this afternoon. Now, Brandy and I were talking about a player that Brandy played with the inaugural uh, year of the Gold Coast in uh, Jared Harbrow, uh, John, and I wondered whether we were discussing off-air whether there's an opportunity for him to have a, a farewell game. He hasn't obviously played uh, for a, a long time in the early part of the year, and obviously... Uh, we don't expect him to be at the Gold Coast next year. Can I just ask where that sort of sits? 
Yeah, look, yeah. Firstly, yeah, Harper's much loved. Like he's he's one of our most respected and highly regarded players, and um, he he was one that uh, that that didn't come down to Melbourne. But we're certainly exploring all options um, around what the you know, border restrictions and, and things look like for next week. Um, we'd love to be able to uh, to send Jared off in the right way, um, but there's, there's a bit to work through with that. But um, like he's been he's been an unbelievable role model for our playing group, our Indigenous players, the amount of work that. That Harbour does in the community that, that people wouldn't know about is, is quite yep. incredible. So um, we'll certainly do the right thing by Harbour. Can I also ask you about one other, and that's Rory Thompson. I mean, this guy has had a wretched run with injury. When he when he came in and he played, he he was he had presence at centre half back, and you thought this guy's going to go on and maybe play two hundred games of AFL footy. Where, where does he sit right now in terms of the list and the strategy going forward? Yeah, he's really important. I'm only talking about this um, a little bit earlier um, on the way down. That you know, if we look at um, gaps in our list, if you like, uh, that we're looking to fill over the over the coming trade period in the short term. One would be a you know, someone to help Ben King out forward of the footy, and then um, and obviously someone to help Sam Collins out uh, down back. And but Rory's there, like he, he's the exact um, player that we need. Uh, he's obviously coming off two knee reconstructions that he's had in the past couple of years. Um, he's back in Gold Coast at the moment, working really hard with the rehab group. We've obviously got a, a couple of other guys in that uh, who you know, had similar injuries to what Rory's had. He's had a really good block of work the last month, so he's going into the off-season um, in a really good spot, and he'll come back in. He'll be able to um, implement his full uh, off-season running program, which is a which is a really good sign. He'll be able to do that with the rest of the players as well. So um, the plan is, and our hope is, is that he has a you know, uninterrupted off-season and pre-season and that he's, he's ready to go early next year. He's certainly, um, from a timing point of view, he's ready to go. It's just a matter of will his body allow him to do it. Fingers crossed. That is the million-dollar question at the end there. John, really appreciate your time. Good luck. We hope for a great contest this afternoon. Pleasure, guys. Thank you. John Haynes, General Manager of Football at the Gold Coast, around the grounds for Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Melbourne 2-1-13. Adelaide had the seven scoring Ooh. shots already. one 612. I haven't factored them into the equation of losing today. I've done a few equations, uh, Geordie, but I've got Melbourne yeah. with the double tick. But who knows? This who knows? is around yeah. where everything just gets thrown out the window. That would be the biggest upset. Oh, I would too. <laughs> Rory Thompson hasn't played since round 19, 2018, which yeah. I was shocked by. That's three full seasons. Yeah. I mm. thought he at least played in 2019. But, yeah, he's been a huge loss. Well, he was he was uh, he was terrific. How many games? I haven't got in. One hundred and one hundred and three, I think he's played in total. Okay, um, he's missed about what about one hundred and three? Yeah, just about. Yeah, so um, another guy that uh, you know we spoke about the the Suns injury list. Just been uh, just been decimated, especially with some of their big men. Would well, he slot straight in with Collins and Ballard? Well, he's thirty years of age now, coming off mm. three years of of missed football. The game sort of has evolved a fair bit, but one thing that he's yep. very good at. Is winning one-on-one contests. It'd yeah. just be the the closing down speed. As he lost, yeah, much leg speed um, with his knee injuries, but certainly at his best, he's a very capable um, centre half back or, or fullback if you need him on the last line. Lowe's local achiever for Lowe's, the local petroleum people. Speaking of, uh, well, Gold Coast former or being a former Gold Coaster, Peter Wright up against his uh, former club uh, today. How good was he uh, last week? I did that game against Carlton. His kicking was just superb. Career-high yep. uh, seven. His uh, junior club was Mooney Valley. 
We also had the likes of Luke Ryan, Riley O'Brien, Lyndon Dunn, uh, drafted from uh, that particular club. So trying to back it up again today, Peter Wright. That's what the Bombers, when I mean, they, they need him to come on. We talked about the uncertainty of Hooker going forward, just their front half in general, to complement this uh, magnificent midfield. Yeah, he had to inherit the... Uh the number 30 jumper when he first got to the Gold Coast, uh, which was probably um, not a great thing for him. But um, he, yeah, I read a really interesting article during um, during the week, just Peter saying that he never really felt like the Gold Coast Suns gave him the confidence mm. that he had at Essendon. And the minute he walked through the door at Essendon, he felt wanted, he felt belong, like he belonged. And that's a really big thing for a footballer. You know, if you're just lacking a bit of confidence you don't really believe that the coach yep. and the, the match committee, you know, rate you and, and fully support you and you're in and out of the side a bit. Um, you're not going to play your best footy. So he's um, – I went back and had a look at the stats and he, he sort of burst on the scene a little bit. In his 13th game of football, mm-hmm. uh, he kicked five goals against the Lions in yep. round 16. Yep. And last week his seven was his biggest bag since. So it's been um, – it's been a while since he's really been at the top of his game, but that's the best game he's ever played. Six of those goals came from set shots, and um, and he was the difference because they only had 39 inside 50s last week against the Doggies. Yeah, yep. I had to go back and double-check that because 39 inside 50s, not many, conceded 60. So they were minus 21 in inside 50s, yet they come away with a win. Mm. They were super efficient going forward, and that had to do with um, – Peter Wright. It's yeah. funny because even though he was in and out and he wasn't really consistently in that Gold Coast team, I think a lot of the a lot of the people who drafted him at the Gold Coast really rated him highly. Like he was v- extremely highly rated, and sort of no wonder why Essendon went and chased after him because they know what he's capable of. Even if the footy world hasn't really seen it properly yet, but we're starting to see it now, and hopefully it comes more consistently for him next year but and the, beyond. But that, I mean, that's that's one area that the Suns have got to do better because they've lost players that that felt like they didn't have the confidence fr- from the match committee. Jared Lyons walked out the door and, you know, he's yeah. he's a, a star. Um, Archie, mm. who, who also is playing some really good footy up in Brisbane, is another guy that they had. Like they've, they've had these guys at the club and for whatever reason haven't been able to extract the best out of them. And they've been happy for them to go, only for them to go to other clubs and, and be quite dominant. Mm. And it's, it's not just this year, last year. It's been happening now for a, a little bit of time. So it's something that the Gold Coast, for whatever reason, um, they're not extracting the best out of their players because of the, the group or the culture they have up there. Well, hoping to extract the best out of themselves today, the Gold Coast, trying to finish the season strong. Now, this Essendon game brought to you by Liberty Free Thinking Home Car Business and Personal Loans. We'll continue our build-up next on AFL Nation. You're listening to AFL Nation for the Beaumont Tiles Trade Club. Building up to the Gold Coast and Essendon, our game for broadcast uh, coming up this afternoon. Brett Phillips, Jordan Canellis, and also Campbell Brown. Around the grounds we go for Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Beautiful day at the MCG. Opening quarter. A couple of minutes still to play there. Melbourne 2 3 15. Adelaide 1 6 12. So we'll keep a close eye on that. The Derby, plenty at stake uh, with that uh, this afternoon. But a bit to reflect back on, uh, Jordan. An extraordinary mm. round of football that we've seen. Uh, so far, of course, the Hawks beating the Bulldogs. Uh, Geelong, a real scare against uh, the Saints. I know you did that game uh, yesterday. Port Adelaide with an onslaught from bed, what, midway through the second quarter onwards. Yep. Incredible uh, how that game just turned after Carlton were quite impressive early. 95 points. And Brisbane just put Collingwood to the sword to the tune of 85 last night. And uh, Sydney 
sort of did what they had to do last night without being brilliant. I did that game. They, their start was better. That's where they've been pretty poor the last month. Five goal to two start laid. The foundation, the Kangaroos charged home. We've made a lot of comments. I think everyone is in unison across the, the footy media industry that they're um, certainly not the worst team uh, going around, not the well, the worst bottom team. We've seen uh, plenty over the years who have been hardly competitive. We can't say that about North Melbourne. But uh, what have you taken away from a, a big Saturday? Um, a lot of teams got, got scares. So Sydney got the scare, um, Geelong got a scare, and well, the Bulldogs lost. So these teams in the top eight are losing matches at times that are very, you know, obviously not... not doesn't bode well heading into finals. You don't want to be losing these games or or conceding scores in these games right before finals. Is it a case of the teams maybe just taking the foot off a week out just to preserve some numbers and preserve some players? It might be, but it's maybe a little too risky to do that this close to the finals. You'd probably want to do that, you know, a month before today. Um, so to do this at this stage of the season, I mean, the biggest upset yesterday was uh, was the Dogs losing. So that's. In the top spot was on the line. They're the premiership favourite at the moment. Um, and to go down like that and and to barely put a score on the board, I mean, 37, that's as low as they would have scored in the last last three years, let alone this year alone. So um, that's uh, – I don't know if that's – I don't know how much of a concern. It has to be a concern for the Western Bulldogs and their fans. The question is, Brownie, who's in the best nick and who's going to be in the best nick over the next uh, month or so? Because there's – I mean, if you pull apart everyone, you can pull apart Geelong now, Tom yep. Stewart, done. Uh, and Melbourne. Hawkins could be out next week. Exactly. Melbourne, can they can they get it done in their forward half of the ground? Their midfield's fine. The dogs were there. Bruce, how do they restructure? Can it be as effective? Port Adelaide, we've still got the juries out. They've beaten all the teams. They've belted teams below them uh, this year. Can they do it in September? You know, Brisbane and Sydney might be getting into form at the right time. The Giants have got some momentum. Who might be able to come from the bottom rung of the top eight if the Bombers were able to sneak in. Now, I've done a few equations. They could get him winning one of their last two. It'd be far better if they can get these wins, which they should on paper, Gold Coast and Collingwood the last two rounds. With their brand of footy, they might be able to cause a bit of havoc depending who they match up against. Yeah, I mean, I, there are so many questions to answer and no clear-cut standout team And, right and it changes week to week, doesn't it? I mean, Tom Stewart will be an All-Australian backman again this year, um, and he's he's done for the, the season with the Lynn Frank. Um, I think the clear standout right now from... Uh, an injury perspective and just the way they're playing and how the season's setting up for them is Port Adelaide. I think my query on them for the last three years has been they've been too reliant on Charlie Dixon. There was this crazy stat that if he kicked four goals or more, that they won, you know, 14 or 15 games. I was like, where are the other goals going to come from? Well, mm. well, now they've got George Yardis bobbing up and kicking a couple. Yeah, yeah. They've got Marshall bobbing up and kicking a couple. Peter Laddams is... Is not hopeless when he, he rests forward. Um, Fantasia is back and fit and his hammies yep. are holding up and, and things like that. So their back line, I think, is really sound. It's probably a little bit underrated. You know, Ryan Burton's been there a couple of years now. Alira Lear is, is having yes, a terrific yeah. season. For Cleary, McKenzie, that seems to be the spot yep. that uh, they might be competing for. Yep. So And, and you know, Trent's, when he's been playing, has done some some good jobs on bigger boys. They finished on top of the ladder last year and only lost to Richmond by under a goal. And you yep. could argue it was a very dubious, deliberate out of bounds in that preliminary final. Mm. Um, so they've been thereabouts. They've they've had their question marks. Their midfield's good. They've got Rosie. Um, they've got Dersma. They've got uh, Butters. They're all back, the, the young brigade. I think that 
you know, right now, I'd, I'd be more than content if I was Ken Hinckley leading into the finals. Mm. Yeah, everything's just come together at the right yep. time, hasn't it? With all those young guys coming back from injury that they had for quite a while in the middle of the season, they've put their best team back out in the park. Fantasia's back as well after his injuries through the season. He He's almost one of the most important ones because just as they were having – uh, you know, just a wobble, you would say, in their small forward department with Robbie Gray. Just, you know, he's dropping back a little bit in his overall output in a, in a match now that he's aging. Um, Rosie was, I don't know if he was questioning his own ability in the middle of the season, just had a bit of lack of confidence. So Fantasia coming back now, he's the one that feels like, along with Charlie Dixon and the other big forwards, he's the other X-Factor player. And then that lifts everyone else. So then Rosie does come back and play in good form. Robbie Gray, whatever he does, feels like it's more damaging. So it's just, it's all those pieces coming together and it's that sort of overall, uh, you know, a rising tide lifts all boats. So one player does one thing and the rest, the rest of the team lifts with it. Correct. Yeah, Drew's been fantastic, you know, so they've added some Very depth good. there as well. I think Carl Amon's had a probably a career best season. So, um yeah, they're building depth. They've they've got some class. They've got some grunt, and um, you know, of all the the sides, and I haven't had them on top for the whole year. I've I think everyone, Geelong and Brisbane, and we've juggled, you know. But yeah. yeah, just the last couple of weeks, I really like them. Do they have the killer edge if they were to face Geelong in a prelim? Well, they should, considering what happened last year, and they missed out on a, a great opportunity, you know, in a, in a close game. That, that mm. should have just been burning in their guts, and they've been there and thereabouts and building towards something for Kenny Hinckley for a while, and um, there's no excuses. So for whatever it's worth, and everyone will do their own mess and permutations, but uh, if everything uh, goes the way I think it will, we'll have Geelong, Port Adelaide first week of the finals, Melbourne and the Dogs, Brisbane v Essendon, Sydney v uh, Sydney v GWS. We do need to get a break in, so I might come back and explain that. Okay, uh, Jordan, that's the, uh, <laughs> yep. the the simple look. There, you know, obviously, lots of results are going to uh, go uh, a certain way. I was just thinking, though, for the Melbourne supporters, uh, Brownie, nineteen sixty four. They'll be spewing. Won't they? Imagine there's no crowds no for the crowd. first week of finals well, or the grand final. It's going to be in Perth, and you can't go. Well, do you know what the 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 real dedicated ones? We'll do the two weeks quarantine in Perth if it gets to that. That's <laughs> that's uh, that'll be a test of how dedicated you are as a Melbourne supporter. And Dan says you're not going. <laughs> Smirk McGowan says you're not coming in. <laughs> we'll take a break. Uh, plenty more to come on AFL Nation. You're listening to AFL Nation for the Beaumont Tiles Trade Club. Building up to the Gold Coast and Essendon this afternoon from GMHBA Stadium. It's great to have your company. Brett Phillips, Jordan Canellis and Campbell Brown, of course. Both teams uh, very shortly will be getting into their warm-ups for Ream. Install a Ream, Australia's favourite in hot water. We'll confirm the subs uh, shortly for this game uh, this afternoon. And, of course, the ins. Uh, Jack Bowes uh, back into the 22. Mitty sub uh, last week. Brandon Ellis had injured. McGrath, Heppel and Perkins in for Cox. McDonald, Tip and Woody. And also uh, Marty Gleeson. So, having a look at what is ahead of us, I had a tick for Melbourne, uh, 3 4 Adelaide, one six twelve. So, I think the Demons should be able to get the job done on the proviso that the Bombers beat the Gold Coast and West Coast. We're going to give them sort of one last chance, uh, Brownie, today to get their act together against the Fremantle Dockers. So, into round 23, you've got Melbourne... Uh, back on top, as far as I'm concerned, by the end of today, 66. Geelong, 64. Port, 64. The Bulldogs on 60. Brisbane and Sydney on 56. West Coast win would take them to 44. GWS 
on 42 points. The Bombers uh, would be on 40. Richmond, 36. St Kilda, 36. And the Dockers on 36 of all the games uh, go accordingly. Uh, the end of round 23. So if we look at next week, I'm giving Geelong the nod against Melbourne down at GMHBA. I'm giving the Bulldogs the nod at Marvel against Port Adelaide. Yep. Brisbane the nod against West Coast at the Gabba. Sydney to beat the Gold Coast uh, wherever that may be, likely going to be in Melbourne. And GWS to beat Carlton at Marvel Stadium. So... The latter after round 23 would be Geelong 68, Melbourne 66, Bulldogs 64, Port 64, so separated by percentage. That Port Adelaide uh, Bulldogs game, massive, uh, Mm. which we're hearing is likely going to be Friday night. Uh, Brisbane and Sydney on 60, Giants to finish 7th on 46, and the Bombers to squeeze in to the 8 on 44 percentage ahead of West Coast if all goes to that script. Yeah, it's fascinating, isn't it? A couple it's, of cracking games next week to, oh, to yeah. sort that all out. Yeah, Top a Friday four. night game would be big, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, and percentage playing a part. Every every single goal will be uh, crucial, yeah. won't it? <laughs> It'd be great if we could uh, go back to the old days of playing them all at the same time. It'll never happen ever again, but it used to happen. Yeah. When everyone had a ground, you'd be yep. looking up A and B, C and D on the scoreboard. Uh, famously, when Melbourne got back into the finals, eighty seven. We're playing the Bulldogs at the Witten Oval, the Western Oval it was called then. Robbie Flower was trying to play a final for the first time in his career. It was his final year. Geelong were playing Hawthorne down the road. I think Dunstall put Hawthorne in front late, which is the result Melbourne needed. Melbourne needed to beat the Dogs. They did it by mm. 15. Melbourne get in and you got people in the outer at the Witten Oval with the old transistor uh, radio <laughs> keeping an eye on what's happening at Geelong. It was brilliant stuff. Uh, be great if we could bring a bit of that back in, I reckon. I'd love to have that back. So you're saying, so West Coast finished ninth for you? Yes. Okay, so they win today and lose next week? Yep. Okay, I see that. Reckon Fremantle can upset, just as a side note, reckon Fremantle can do the upset today? Well. What happens if they do then, BP? Where does that place them in the uh, in the race for the eight, the how Dockers? How much time have I got here? We're a bit cramped uh, for time. Uh, in that case, uh, Geordies, I go to my uh, trusty uh, notes here. Fremantle did get the win. Um, uh, today. So into round 23, it'll be... St Kilda next week. Frio up to 40 points along with West Coast. And the Bombers would drop back to 36. But the Bombers play Collingwood in the last round. So I've got the Bombers still sneaking in. Okay. So you'd have Essendon, West Coast, Fremantle and St Kilda. Saints play... Fremantle next week. Yep, St Kilda to beat Frio at Marvel. Yep. So you'd have Essendon, West Coast, Fremantle, St Kilda all finishing on 40 points with the Bombers <laughs> having the best percentage. Okay, that'd be a fun outcome. And then then it does come down to the percentage battle. That was like the, uh, the situation a couple of years ago, 2018, when Melbourne yep. Melbourne Adelaide, I think it was, battling it out in that last round. And then the percentage played the part with, with West Coast in there too. So, mm. um, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I think... Do you reckon whoever finishes 7th and 8th will have an impact in the finals? So you had, what, Giants and Essendon finish, finishing 7th and 8th? Can they, make a, can they make a splash in the eliminations? Well, you, you'd argue now, and I'm Brownie, weigh in, please, but you'd argue now that uh, Brisbane are just starting to find a bit of form. If the Bombers snuck in, Brisbane-Essendon uh, becomes a really interesting game. If the Bombers yeah. could um, really get their all their game together, Sydney and the Giants... Uh, gee, the Giants um, the gi- would almost back themselves in the yeah. way they've been playing the last few weeks. No doubt. Yeah, that, that eighth spot's uh, it's going to be fascinating. I, I get, I just, my gut feel is that whoever finishes eighth 
they're not going to uh, impact the finals too much. They'll be in and then they'll be back out the next week. <laughs> but it's better than not making it at all. Uh, that, is, uh, <laughs> that is very true. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi-finals. all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.